Yo, 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 it's your boy EJ Smith and this is the Breakfast for Dinner podcast where we talk about sports and everything going on in your day-to-day lives from breakfast to dinner. Now I have a new guest on my podcast, Ryan, man, introduce yourself, man. I am a CONCACAF MLS pundit, a YouTuber, love to talk about the sport of football in North America, whether it's MLS, CONCACAF, Canadian Premier League, Liga MX, international matches, all of that. So hopefully you check me out once this is over, but we're going to have some fun today. So I have a question, man. What got you into loving the MLS, building that love for the MLS? So this is a little bit of a long story, and I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. I need, I need all the backstory, all the backstory. You're going to ask how I became a Toronto fan, but this goes together. So first off, it starts with a different sport. So when I was four, before I moved up to St. Louis, I was born in Mississippi. I moved up outside of St. Louis in Illinois. So when I was four, before I moved up here, I started watching a lot of Sunday night baseball and it was a lot of blue Jays versus Red Sox and Yankees. And it always seemed like Roy Halladay was pitching. So I became a big fan of the blue Jays by watching Roy Halladay pitch because he was such an amazing player. So then I chose to root for the other Toronto teams. So I started rooting for the Raptors, the Leafs, the Argos, all that. Of course, I I was a fan of the Patriots because of Tom Brady, but the goat. We'll get into that later. Yeah, Tom Brady, the goat. Sorry about, wait, he's won two Super Bowls in Houston, hadn't he? Against Carolina and Atlanta. So that was, that's I'm, probably cool. I'm for, pretty sure. I'm not big on football, but I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I became a big fan of Toronto sports when I was four. Then I hear Toronto was going to get a MLS team in 2005. They announced Toronto FC. And I'm like, well, that's who I'm rooting for. So in 2006, I start watching the World Cup. So I learned the rules of the game of football soccer i rooted for italy in that world cup wow it worked out pretty well for me because wow. i just picked somebody oh god because canada wasn't there so i picked okay. somebody didn't now, want to root now, for the u.s so but now they're good now the canada's good now yeah so that worked out for me well there but watching that world cup was a fun tournament learned the rules then 2007 toronto fc came into the league and we've been here ever since I've been rooting for them ever since, and it's been worth it for most of the time. They've gotten good. It took a while, but it was fun to watch them when they were not that great because I had no expectations, and then they become great, and now every time they lose, I'm angry. It's 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 bad. So you were there for the Josie Altidore, the Javinko era. You were there, huh? I was there for I was there for Dwayne De Rosario. I was there for Danny DiCchio. I was there for everything. Oh, damn. He said. He said D Rosario. I haven't heard that name in a long time. He used to play for the Dynamo. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. And he won two MLS cups there? He, yeah, yeah, no. He he's 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 goaded over here. He's goaded over here in Houston. But um okay. he was one of my favorite players growing up, so that was that was great. Okay, okay. So you just you just followed them through and through, huh? Yep. Gotcha. 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 And then, and then everything else over the past, since about 2016, even more than Toronto, I just got deeper into the league and deeper into CONCACAF. And I'm like, 
then I started watching Steve Dangle's videos on YouTube around late 2018. And I'm like, I can make some out of this on YouTube and just start talking about everything. And then 2019, I just started making sports reviews videos and then MLS season started and there you go. And now we're here. It's, it's grown into something bigger than I could have ever imagined it being. I love it. I love it. And where do they follow you again? Where do they follow you on all social media sites? Tell me one more time. On Twitter, follow me at Ryan Anderson underscore 27 on Instagram, Ryan Anderson dot 27. TikTok is the same. Just look up Ryan Anderson on YouTube. If you have to put Toronto in there, put Toronto in there because sometimes I don't know how high up my channel is because of course the ba- the basketball player and all that. So yeah, 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 you may have to throw Toronto in there, but other than that, so yeah, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. That's where most of it is. Now, did you watch all the playoffs? I watched every game. Okay. Every game. Now I have, a, I have another question. Whose road to the finals was harder? Was it Portland? New York. Okay. Why? New York, because they had to beat Atlanta and Atlanta was starting to get better at the end there under Gonzalo Pineda. Then they had to beat the revolution and nobody thought even with the 23 day break that New York would beat them. And they did. Then Philadelphia, yes, Philadelphia got COVID. But before that happened, everybody was like, oh, Philly will have this. And then they started getting the COVID cases. And it was like, oh, New York probably has this. And even then, New York still didn't dominate that Philadelphia C team. Then Portland, of course. I got to ask you now. Why was that Philadelphia team a C team instead of an A team? Because most of their top 11 players were out in COVID protocols. There was no Andre Blake. There was no Jakob Glenez. There was no Jack Elliott. There was no, it was Brujo. No, not Brujo Martinez, but Sergio Santos. A lot of their big players were out with COVID. So their biggest players that were in that team were Oliver Ambizo. And Leon Flock and Casper Shabilko still played. And even then, he's not that good of a striker. So Was Aronson in or no? No, Aronson. Aronson had left. He, he left. Yeah, he Paxton left. played, but Brendan is in Salzburg. I think you're talking about Paxton, though. Yeah, Paxton played. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. So you said New York had the rougher one. The rougher. Yeah, Okay. definitely. Okay, got you, got you. Um, when it comes to the finals, that game was insane. Can you break that down uh, a little bit for me? So the goals were scored as follows. Of course, in the first half, Tati Castellanos gets a ball crossed in. Steve Clark goes a little bit, a little bit more to the left in his goal from where that ball actually rolled in. He tries to stop it with his hand but it rolls past him. That's a goal for New York. A lovely now, free kick. A lovely free kick taken. Lovely. Yes, very. That was a very good free kick too. And for me, I also have to say, I will condemn this. The person who threw the beer at Jesus Medina, you're wrong. I didn't even Whoever see did. that. I missed Yeah, that. it happened. There was a beer thrown from the crowd at Jesus Medina's head. It hit him. Wow. And... 
that was after the Tati goal, which at least those people got kicked out of the stadium and they got found out Mm -hmm. and probably are getting banned. So at least there's that, but lifetime ban. They better, they better. You know what? (laughs) Yeah, no, it was, it was a really good finals. Really good. Yes. And then Felipe Mora, of course, that late goal header by Mabiala. That was fouls. Oh my God. So here's the thing. It was what the 93rd minute that happened. Yeah, 93rd minute. It was like three seconds left from like the whistle being blown, and they saved it. Now, end to end, going from end to end, Portland, um, they didn't, I don't know, they felt timid to me a little bit, you know? They weren't really, For me, yeah. I think they let their show get ran when it comes to Portland. They should have been a lot more on the front foot. I was expecting them to do the way they did against Real Salt Lake that they'd be on the front foot. They try to press, they try to push forward and not play into New York's game, but they let New York press. They let New York play more offensively. It's like they were afraid of New York for some reason, mm-hmm. even though they were at home, it made no sense. Yeah. And you, absolutely think, none. And you would think they would be in their comfort zone from when they're home. The, exactly. The, the, the 12th man, uh, you know, the crowd, you know, getting, getting, getting on their backs, you know? Yeah. And it was just, it was absolutely weird the way they played. It was like, to me, it was like, okay, I don't get this. Either they were having a bad game. And the thing that I'm going to say is that Sebastian Blanco shouldn't have started as well as Espria. He shouldn't have started Blanco and Espria both ghosted. Yes. They they should have started. They should have started Santi Mojano and they should have started Luria, Marvin Luria, who started in the Western Conference Final. They should have brought on Blanco. They should have brought on Espria. And honestly, I think Nia's Goda should have started for Mora as well. Now, of course, Fochav had to start for Paredes because Paredes picked up a knock before the match, but he still was able to play 60 minutes. So I understand that part. But Mora should not have started. Blanco should not have started. And Espria should not have started. They all should have came on late. And I think that's what hurt. And Diego as well. He came in what? He came in what? The 89th? The, yeah. The 85th? Around there. Right? The 80, 80th? 80 through, through but he's been a sub for the past, like the whole playoffs and late on into the season. Like he knows he's pretty much retired. And this was probably his last moment as a timber. So he lost. So. His, okay. Okay. So you think he lost his spark? Because he was really good. <laughs> At one point in time. Yes, he was a very great player, but it seems like he got pushed out. He was getting older. Father time finally caught up to him, and he was still good as a super sub, but definitely not a full 90. Definitely not the old Diego Valeri we all know and love, and he still made some good plays when he was on, though. Let's say that. He had that one solo run late on in the second half of extra time that if he would have shot it, I think he would have scored and they would have won. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Um, I love Diego Valeri, but I just, I don't know, man. I just feel like sometimes you just got to feel for the guy, you know? Yeah. I think that was a bad way to end because he tried. If you could, really you could tell when he was on, he was fighting for everything. He wanted to have that last moment. He wanted that cup. Yeah, and no. honestly, he probably wanted it more than anybody on the pitch for Portland. Yeah, it, no. it seemed like they just didn't want it. 
No, they didn't. They did not want the cup. They didn't want. They didn't want it. They really didn't. Um, New York wanted it more. They just did, and everybody on that team was fighting for every inch. And Sean Johnson, the way he played in that game, phenomenal. as he is the MLS Cup M- MVP, Sean Johnson is a wonderful player. He is just amazing. And it's crazy to think he's in his 30s. He's in his mid-30s. He's been around for so long, and he deserves this, honestly. Yeah, no, he really does. Um, he doesn't get enough credit as the other goalkeepers. You know, Turner. Um, he doesn't, no. Our number one and it probably hurts because he definitely has had his moments where the team lets him down and he really can't do anything about it. Such as Pozuelo back in 2019. Cause the Panenka in the playoffs back in 2019, when Pozuelo ended that game and won it for Toronto and Pozuelo's debut where Pozuelo made him look like a schoolboy. People think of that about him instead of him as a good goalkeeper, but everybody has those moments. And the possession too was kind of wonky as well. I'm looking at it right now. It was 48 to 50. It didn't. It didn't seem that close, did it? 48 to 50. No, it felt actually. like New York had at least 60, percent if not more. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like to me. I thought New York was just dominating in possession. They dominated passing wise. They dominated in a lot of things. Which this final is so weird. It was a great final, but the more I think about it, it's more like okay. So you're telling me that New York goes into Portland, a place where it's very hard to play, Super and hard. just says, we're going to dominate this game. We mm-hmm. don't care. We're going to, as in, we're not scared. Mm-hmm. They're not scared. And it was just crazy the way they played. And I, I respect it. If you're in a cup final, you should be in a mindset of, it doesn't matter what they do. We're mm-hmm. not afraid to play the way we normally play. And I respect that wholeheartedly because you could be in a situation where, yeah, we're on the road, we're playing so-and-so and this could not go our way. This may not go our way. We should park the bus. We should sit back and wait for the best moments. Yeah. But when you do that, it just doesn't really work out. It's better to go for it. Like Toronto in 2019 as well, when they played the Sounders. Yes. They were honestly the better team in that final. They should not have lost that final. I will I will say that to the day I die. And honestly, 2016 too, Toronto should be three-time MLS Cup champions. I know that may be a little bit biased, but well, you heard it here they first. should have won all three. You heard it here first. Say that one more time for the people in the back. Toronto FC should have been 2016, 2017, and 2019 MLS Cup champions. They should have three stars right now. And what was the reason? What was the reason for that? Because they should have scored that header in 2016 when Josie was facing Stefan Fry. That they should have scored at least a goal in that game, and, and that header Fry, should have been scored. And Stefan Fry, he's I mean, looking back at it, he was mediocre, wasn't he? He was okay with Toronto. Then they trade him to go to Joe Bendick. He goes to Seattle and becomes a monster and he makes us pay. He, he played for us, yes. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Then they traded him. He goes to Seattle. He becomes a monster and makes us pay two out of three. Give Which, honestly, I'm not mad about it. That seems like something that happens to Toronto a lot, whether it's any sport. So I should have expected it, but at least we got one. Yeah, no. I, you do have one star. You know, at least you got one out of them. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, oh, my goodness. It, it's It's... 
it's just crazy how time passes passes by you know yeah it just goes by so fast like one moment you could be like hey we're great another moment it's like oh no and like it just things just change on a dime at everything honestly and it's just crazy how you look back and say i wonder why this was so how this all happened like or, if you look at things if? with a big lens what or i said or what if yeah exactly what if yeah that there you go and you could look at it with a big lens like all the history and it's like we could have at least picked up more trophies or I'm surprised we sucked and then just became amazing pretty much overnight and then went back to suck. Yeah, no, that was, Which I think that was just Chris yeah. Armis, let's be honest. But you, you think so? Yeah, I think under Bob Bradley, Toronto will be back to what they should have been or should are slash should been slash should be. So <laughs> I trust Bob Bradley. Everybody trusts Bob, Bob Bradley at this point. <laughs> I mean, he's been proven. I mean... What else can you do? I mean, he's been proven. He's basically running the damn club at this point. He's the GM and manager, and he knows what he's doing. And I honestly think the ways that he got screwed over in L.A. was how they traded Walker Zimmerman. They got rid of Diego Rossi. He had nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. If it's his decisions, I think he could build a roster that's just as dominant, if not more, than the 2015 to 20, 2020 ro- roster. Now do, you so, th- now, do you think Bob Bradley, um, do you think he needs to go back to being the USA coach? No. 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 I mean, I don't want that myself. But, I mean, if here's the thing. I think he's better than Greg Burhalter. But yes. first off, Toronto has Bradley. Second of all, I like that Canada's the best team in CONCACAF. So, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, but thoughts-wise, he probably would be better than Greg Burhalter. And honestly, anybody would be better than Greg Burhalter, probably. Because Greg Burhalter is a... How do I put this? He Is this PG? Oh, no, you can curse. Go ahead. He is a... He, Greg Burhalter is a, how do I put this? I'm trying to figure out the word. Uh-oh. He does not change. He does not change. He just doesn't change. He is yeah, way too arrogant, set in his ways. Arrogant. There we go. He's just way too set in his ways. Even if you look at the games that they've played, when the team is weaker, they try to play the same exact way. And those players cannot play that way. USA look at the Panama Jamaica. game. Look at, look at the Panama game. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Look at the Panama game. By all rights and purposes, even though you're away, you should at least get a point against Panama. It's Panama. But, but, and they've been playing well, so I'm not trying to discount them, but USA is still better than them. Mm-hmm. You should play in a way that gets you that point or that win. But no, you're going to build from the back with weaker players and lose one nil and then just completely quit once you've conceded. And then you look at the Jamaica game, same, same sort of thing. They need to figure out, this is the reason why I don't think the U S is the best team in CONCACAF right now. They are way too inconsistent. They are way too 
stuck in their ways. And when they play a weaker set of players or they play a team that they think they should be and just waltz all over, they don't. Canada gets, in my eyes, Canada gets the job done. Now, the U.S. is better than Mexico. It's Canada, U.S., Mexico for me. Yes. Because Canada gets the job done. They don't sleep on anybody. They do what they have to do. And yes, they've had some draws that they shouldn't have had away. The Jamaica game was a little bit, the Jamaica game pissed me off and the Honduras game to start off the Octo pissed me off. But other than that, Mexico, they should have won in the Azteca. They should have beat the U.S. in Nashville. Simple as. The way they played those two games, they should have won both. Mm. And for me, they did beat Mexico in Edmonton. And honestly, I think they beat the U S in Hamilton. I do because I think U S fans are being, it's fine if the fans are cocky, but the people who the players are too cocky. Yes. Like if the players weren't cocky, but the fans were, I'd be honestly fine with it. And I'd be like, yeah, you are the best team in CONCACAF, but the players and the manager are just as cocky as the fans. Yes, they are. So, I don't think they're going to walk into Hamilton and be like, we'll get the job done. No, it's just going to be like Mexico, Canada. It may be close. It may be tight, but I think they win two to one. I just do. And besides Hamilton, Hamilton in Canada is going to be just like the uh, Edmonton game. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a field that sort of helps the Canadians. I, for me, I don't think the U S are going to win that game. I just don't. I think they're not going to come in with the right mindset. And besides, every time they've gone on the road, it seems like something absolutely dreadful has happened to them. El Salvador, they draw. The only game they won on the road that really was pretty strong was Honduras. But Honduras has been absolutely dreadful this year. Horrible. Horrendous. And they should win those games, you know? Exactly. They get... Again, like I said, they get lackadaisical with these with these teams that they should beat, you know. But like, and then when they play, and the only team they've really been up for this whole time was Mexico. Yeah, they've been gearing up for them, but they should be gearing up for every single game possible. Exactly, exactly, and that's the problem that they don't have this regular mindset that they don't have this mindset of we need to face everybody with the respect that they deserve and play them like they are Mexico or play them like they are Canada or play them like they're somebody from South America. Yes. And they don't. And it's like, yeah, we missed the world cup in 2018, but we'll be just fine. Now with Christian Pulisic, we'll be just fine with Weston McKinney. They're not even safe, really. It's not like they're even already in. Even Canada is, it's very close in the top four. Mm-hmm. And one bad run of games next year could put US, Mexico, or Canada in fourth place, and Panama gets into the top three. I'm literally looking at the table right now. Canada uh, is what, four and four? You know, no. Four no, wins, four draws, no losses. The USA is eight and three. Or I'm sorry, four and three, and Mexico is four and two with two losses. It's tight. Yep, and then Panama's right there. 
and Jamaica fired Top of Whitmore. They have a new manager. And six games, well, the way this is tight, could get them into fourth place if they have a very good run of form. If they win five out of six. Get their shit together. Yeah, I mean, they could make fourth place. It's really close. The only team that's absolutely out is Honduras and Costa Rica. And even then, I mean, honestly, Costa Rica, I think they're out. El Salvador, I think they're out. And I think Honduras is out. Uh But Jamaica, I think they still have a chance. Panama, they're in fourth. Mexico, U.S., Canada are in the top three. Those are the teams that are really fighting for at least fourth, if not more. So it's so you're telling me it's more of a um, internal thing with the United States, is with the players, yes. and the the coaching staff. Yes, it's definitely internal because they have talent. I'm not saying they don't, but they don't play to their talent. They don't play to their potential. Weston McKenney, he's amazing with Juventus, and he's been good with the U.S., but he's been way better with Juventus. When you look at Christian Pulisic, I mean, honestly, this whole season has not been good for him. He's been injured off and on. He hasn't really shown up well with Chelsea or with the U.S. national team. Pulisic's a good player, but I don't think he's the second coming as people think he is. Everybody's like, oh, he's the wonder kid. He's a good player. I don't think he's a world-class player. I don't think he's ever going to be a world-class player like everybody thought he was. I don't think that he's on the level of what people thought he would be. And I think a lot of injuries have hurt him there. I'll admit that. And I think he let it get to his head a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then you have Gio Reyna, who's been hurt. And I like Gio Reyna. I think he's better than Pulisic at this point. I think he's just, he needs to play. He needs to play, man. He needs to play. He needs to play. play. (laughs) He'll play when he gets healthy. God, he's so good. What is he, 18? Yeah. So good. So, so good. Playing well for his club, playing well when he uh, was playing with us. Um, And honestly, when it comes to goalkeepers, I think Matt Turner should be the starter. Yes. Zach Steffen, I like Zach Steffen, but I don't think he's as good as Turner. Ethan Horvath's having a horrible time at Nottingham Forest. It's got to be Matt Turner. I don't know why they switched back to Steffen. I don't. I I think it's more of a name thing, you know what I mean? Because he's playing, you know. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's something the U.S. wanted to go against. Mm -hmm. Because the reason they honestly failed to qualify in 2018, part of it was a name thing. Now, of course, they didn't have all these young players. It was the end of a golden era. Josie was, he was great in 2017 for Toronto. He wasn't really that great for the U.S. Michael Bradley is Michael Bradley. Omar Gonzalez, well, he was concrete feet back then in 2017. He was bad back then. And he's bad now, Jesus. And he's even worse now, but he was bad back then. I can't believe he had a good six months to start off with he Toronto back in 2019. <laughs> he thought he was going to get traded, man. Off you go. I mean, he got released. They didn't sign his options, so he's gone. Thank God. I don't want to see him play another game for Toronto. Of course he won't. But honestly, I just don't want to see him play another game ever again. He'll probably go back to the LA Galaxy, won't he? Yeah. 
I feel like out of nostalgia. and Gonzalez at the LA Galaxy. You love to see it. Yeah, out of nostalgia, man. Just bring him back. Fuck it. Bring him back. And then and then Eric Zavaleta's right next to him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, LA fans, but you're going to feel exactly how I felt for about two years. And speaking of LA, didn't they uh what's his name? I'm, I'm, they trade Sebastian Legette. Sebastian Legette. I was drawing a blank until I just thought about it. Yes, he's gone. Sebastian Legette going to New England. That's honestly That's a, a pa- horrible trade. You think so? It's not a power move? Sebastian Legette sucks. All he could do is back pass. The best thing he ever did was date Becky G. Oh, no. Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> oh, my. Ryan Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow him on YouTube. I beg you. Oh, my goodness. You get more moments like that. <laughs> but now Paul Ariola going to the LA Galaxy. Now that's an upgrade. Now that's an upgrade. But, like, I don't know why Sebastian Legette. The only reason I could think of him going to New England is because Bruce Arena's there. Okay. Okay. But you're losing, you're losing Tejon Buchanan and Tao Bunbury. And possibly Adam Buxa, and you're bringing in Sebastian Legette as one of your biggest players before a Champions League run. Yeah, you'll beat that Haitian team, IS Cavalier. What else are you going to do? Nothing. Bunbury is gone. He signed a fat check, didn't he? Yeah, Buchanan's going to Belgium. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, like it was, what, $10 million transfer fee? Something like that. I it wasn't 10 million, so it was like 10 to 12 million. That was a pretty good fee for them. But at least I still have Gustavo Bo and Carles Heel. But let's be honest, Honey Mukhtar was the MLS MVP this season. He got robbed. You think so? Yeah, Honey Mukhtar got robbed. Oh, why do you say that? Because Honey Mukhtar had more goals, more assists, was a better number 10 type false nine type player. He just had way more. He just has way more quality than Carlos heel. The only reason Carlos heel got it was because he was the playmaker on the team who won the shield. Mm, okay. And the revs finally got notoriety to me. If you really look at the stats and look at the games that were played, honey Mukhtar was the better player, but of course they don't do that. They don't do that. And sadly enough, I don't have a vote, but one vote wouldn't have changed it because it was a damn landslide for no reason whatsoever. But MLS likes to work into the situation of who is the player we've had the biggest agenda for or what team do we have the biggest agenda for this season? Mm-hmm. Oh, then that's who we'll give the award to. Okay. And yeah, that's yeah. why it's a I wasn't shocked when Pozuelo won the MVP last year. Like halfway through 2020, they were starting to say, oh, Pozuelo, he's having an MVP top campaign. And I'm like, okay, he's winning because they're starting to run this agenda. And I was happy, but when it comes to it, it always seems like the player who gets the most notoriety and the team that gets the most notoriety in a season, that player gets the MVP. Look at Carlos Vela. Now, I will say in 2019, Carlos Vela deserved the MVP. He did. But it also helps that LAFC won the Supporter Shield, got all that notoriety, and Carlos Vela was right behind it. Now, he did deserve it. Sometimes you still deserve it, even with the notoriety. But there are some times like this year that just, it, it it gets me going. 
some of these awards are just absolutely wrong. And besides, Ricardo Pepe over Tejon Buchanan for Young Player of the Year? Wow. No. Absolutely no. not. No, it was Tejon. Yeah, no. Tejon, he was do he was doing dirt at New England. He was doing dirt. He was amazing. And Canada. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. I think most of these awards, if you play for one of the two national teams, Canada or USA, they normally try to put that together with your MLS season. Mm-hmm. At least that's what it seems like to me. Do you think this is another topic? This is another hot topic that I would like to ask you about. Do you think that the MLS needs a pro relegation system, or do you think they should just keep adding on teams? Or, it, or, 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 or when they add on these teams, do you think they're eventually going to, you know, just going to have to just succumb to it and bow down to the pro relegation system? Thinking about it and what's actually going to happen are two different things. For me, I'd be good with a pro rail system. I'd be good with it because everybody else has it. But is it ever going to happen? No. So I don't know why we're complaining about it. I mean, I don't know. It's never going to happen. It's never yeah. going to happen. Maybe between the USL leagues, it's never going to happen with MLS. So, I'll tell you that right now. There's so many good teams in the USL, man, that just needs that notoriety, the, the rowdies, you know. I would love Phoenix. to see I would love to see Phoenix come up. I would love to see Louisville come up. It'd be better than Cincinnati. I'd love to see Tampa Bay come up. They deserve it. I'd love to see Orange County come up. There's a lot of teams in the USL championship that I think, and hell, the USL League One, that deserve MLS spots more than Cincinnati mm-hmm. or Houston or Dallas or, hell, Austin, the Anthony Precourt's bastard redheaded stepchild of the Columbus <laughs> crew. The Indy 11 needs to be there, man. <laughs> Honestly, I like the Indy 11, but I don't think... There's definitely Louisville... Phoenix, Tampa Bay, then you have, then you have, I honestly think Ford Madison would be more worth it than. No, you just didn't say that. No, you just didn't say Ford Madison. I did. (laughs) Oh God. I love their outfits though. I love their outfits. I love the uniforms. It's amazing. It's amazing. Um, That's probably what said it, but (laughs) that's probably what made me say it, but. And then the good thing about the USL now is that they're taking out all of the two teams and moving them to MLS next. Okay. Talk a little bit about that. So MLS has set up a reserve league for their academy teams and then set up MLS next pro that basically takes all the two teams like Toronto FC two, Philadelphia two, New England England two, and puts them in its own league. So the USL teams have their own league. And then you have the teams that used to be in the USL championship and USL league one as affiliates in this own league where it helps the pipeline be connected to all these leagues. So you have your Academy and MLS next from like U 13 to U 17. Then you have your two teams and MLS next pro. And then you have your main teams and MLS. And here's so good. So it's basically this connected pipeline that's a lot more tighter. synergetic uh-huh. than tighter. the USL. It's a tighter pipeline. The U.S. development. What? It's a tighter pipeline. 
Yeah. And I think it's better because some of these developmental teams, some of these two teams look absolutely out of their depth when they play some of these USL teams. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, you've had some great ones like LA Galaxy 2, New York Red Bulls 2. But when Toronto FC 2 was in the USL championship, they looked absolutely horrible. And I pay attention to them a lot, too. I do watch the second team a lot, too, because I support the whole club. I don't just support the main team. I support the whole thing. So diehard fan. And then they moved him down and they moved him down to USL League One and they've been somewhat good. But some of these two teams have not measured up to their competition in either USL League. Fort Lauderdale was last this year in USL League One. Miami's uh, affiliate. So it's better to have them all in their own league that's a lot more equal so these players can learn more and play better games than just getting drugged every week, especially on the lower level two teams. Now, Ryan, do you think it's more of an ownership thing? You like, like, let's just say if LAFC, let's pray God doesn't happen. Let's say, let's, let's just go into a fairyland real quick, right? Let's go into a, yeah. a, a winter wonderland, a wonderland. And let's pretend we had pro relegation, right? And LAFC was at the bottom table about to get relegated. Is it is it more of an ownership thing uh, as far as uh, who who owns the team, man? What's his name, man? He's, he's the actor. He's a comedian. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Do you? Th- he's one of the owners. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think he would just drop the company right then and there? We need some dedicated people to, you know, if they do get relegated, to not if they do get relegated. Exactly. Money, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. There needs to be soccer people Mm -hmm. that are behind that team because I, I could say this, if there is relegated teams, I know some owners that would probably just hightail it. And honestly, Anthony Precourt probably one of them, even though he got Austin for himself, he probably would do it himself. I, I don't like Anthony Precourt. I don't think anybody does. If Cincinnati got relegated, I think it's, that, that owner would run. Cincinnati's owner would run. Uh-huh. I think definitely the high-profile teams, if their teams got relegated, those owners would sell. So for it to work, what needs to happen? I know it's n- never going to happen. I'm crossing my for fingers, me, but what would happen? What needs to happen? For me, for me, what needs to happen to make it work is a situation where, see, it's different in Europe. And I think the way that the MLS was built is why this will never happen. You have owners that bought in to have a, a piece of pro- a property, let's put it like that, an investment that appreciates over time because the MLS has just been growing ever since it started. And Toronto FC bought in for like $15 million. It was a very low amount of money compared to what Atlanta bought in for or LAFC bought in for or so on and so forth. It's grown over time. And you can see that through the expansion values. So it's a situation where owners are there to have a, a investment that appreciates over time. You get relegated. That's not going to happen. It's probably going to depreciate the value of that team. And then you're going to have to realize that the roster rules don't help there either. So you got to get rid of the salary cap 
if you really want pro rail, you got to get rid of DPs. You got to get rid of Tam. You got to get rid of the salary cap, which they should do that anyway. If you really want to compete in CONCACAF Champions League, besides one really great team every two years or so on and so forth, you got to get rid of the salary cap. I hate it. I'm, I'm one of the ones who say you need to shoot the salary cap straight into the sun. You're against it. I hate the salary cap. I think it doesn't matter. Toronto FC has so much money that if there was no salary cap, it, this is probably what helps. They would be dominant every year, more dominant than they already were. And I, that's probably why I don't like it because I don't care about New England. I don't care about these teams who don't want to spend. If you don't want to spend, finish in the bottom half of, half of the table. I don't care. I want my team to win. Mm-hmm. I have expectations. I want them to be dominant, and they should be. So if there was no uh, no uh, salary cap, they would be completely dominant and honestly challenge a lot of teams in the world. They would be up there if they had no salary cap, the way Toronto acts. They would be up there. They'd be better than – hell, they could probably – play those really big teams that they're not better than too, but they would be up there. And that's why it probably helps that I hate the salary cap or that probably helps to make me hate it because I know what this team can do. And I think other teams, but I think other teams like a Seattle, they would spend LAFC and LA galaxy. They would spend as well and they would be up there. But since my team would be one of those teams that are halves because there's no salary cap, I'd rather it be that way. It's kind of hard to be in and out dominant every single year when there's a salary cap. Just look at this year for Toronto and 2020 as well. They started falling off at the end of 2020. You look at that and it's like, okay, okay. If there was no salary cap, we'd be one of the ones who are dominating year in and year out. Now we wouldn't win the trophy every year. There's times where we lose and that's, that's okay. But we'd be in the Champions League. We would always win the Canadian Championship, or we would qualify through one of the nine ways they'll be in starting in 2023 for 24, the League's Cup or whatever. And that's exactly what I want. Because it's, in my eyes, I'm tired of these low-level owners and these owners that don't want to spend holding all these teams back. Like Robert Kraft and... Cincinnati and all that for me in Dallas, I want to see teams spend. That's the next big thing for MLS. Nowadays, they need to be spending money and not just on three players. It should be spent everywhere where now you could say, but that's going to hurt the academies for me as a Toronto fan. We never relied on our Academy anyway. And when we started to try to do that, we suck. So there's only like two players from our Academy that I'm really I really believe in and I really trust. And that's that our Academy was never good. It had some players and it is what it is. I'd rather spend, I'd rather than spend because that's what it was back in 2015. That's what it was back in 2017. That's what you got and even that, with the salary cap, they're one of the most valuable teams and the most, most spending teams. So yep. Yep. It, it got you there. It got you there. So why stop? Exactly. If you're dominating with a salary cap and I have expectations of you to dominate, get rid of it and dominate even more. Who cares about these other teams that don't want to spend? I don't. 
Because at first off, in my heart, it's even though I love the league and I cover the league and cover CONCACAF and all that, to me, it's Toronto first. I will always, and you could tell, my profile picture's Toronto. I cover Toronto matches every game, whether it's live or review it or I do both. And I will always, it'll always be Toronto first. I will always look out for them over everybody else. I'll tell the truth about what the team looks like, but I'll look out for them first. So if it makes them better, get rid of the salary cap or even better, get rid of the salary cap. I'm I'm tired of this half, half ass approach Uh of sports or of soccer football in this country. I'm tired of it. We should have won the 2018 champions league. If there's no salary cap, we do win that or even a higher salary cap than it was at that point. And we definitely would be winning Champions League hand over fist if they got rid of the salary cap. We'd be winning Canadian Championship every year because I know Montreal wouldn't spend. And I know Vancouver don't know how to spend money, even if they do, because they make. Besides Ryan Gold, what good signing have they ever made? Nothing. Absolutely. Nothing. 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 Maybe Freddie Montero, but other than that, Alfonso Davies came through their academy. He did. They still haven't spent that money well. They spent it on Lucas Cavallini. <laughs> who? No, <I'm> <laughs> yeah, that's what he's like in Vancouver. Yeah, who? He got outperformed by a striker from Red Bulls they traded for, who was outperforming his expected goals, Brian White. I'm like, if this doesn't tell you that Mr. Fubar is completely Fubar, at least for Vancouver, I don't know. Yeah, no, the the the, the salary cap is definitely a a Achilles heel, I would say, in the MLS. Um, yeah, but even without the salary cap, I just don't see them putting in a pro rail system because these owners want their, which is why the salary cap will probably be never gotten rid of because half of these owners who were there just to make more money and have an appreciating asset, you get rid of the salary cap and they stop. They don't spend. They don't make money. Yeah, they don't care about that. Yeah. 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 So that's why it will never go away. That'll never go away either. The things that we honestly should need and should use will never happen because of these owners who are not ambitious. They're trying to make money out of this, their asset in their portfolio. It's a money grab. Even though they're already rich, hand over fish, uh, hand over fist, not yeah. hand over fish. That, but that, you know, hand coin, over coin fist. that one, coin that one, hand over fish, boys. You heard it here from <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to start using that. I'll figure out a way. That's a good one. Um, But hand over fist, like Robert Kraft, he has the Patriots. He has a paper company. No, he's not that Kraft of the uh, uh, Kraft dinner Kraft. And I like the Patriots. So, I mean, I still do. So, I honestly think he's his son has got them into a – well, actually, they're good with Matt Jones now, so I can't complain about that. Tom Brady should still be a Patriot. It hurts to see him wear no a Buccaneers why, jersey. No clue why they let him go. No like, clue. I, I'm still Tom Brady's still my favorite quarterback. He's still the goat for me, and I like the Bucks. But honestly, every time I see him play, I still see him in Patriots jersey. It's hard it's, to see him unreal, in a Bucks right? jersey. It's it's not real at all. I thought I was especially when he was beaten. Especially when they were beaten up on the Bills last week until yeah. they came back. I'm like, uh-huh. this feels right. Yeah, right. So it's a little good, you know. <laughs> yeah, this, this feels right. Um, but for me, it's like these owners that are just in a situation of like, I'd rather make money 
than actually care about this team doing well. I care more about this league making me more money. Like if you want to just make money, put some money in Bitcoin or put it in the stock market. Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. Bitcoin. Yeah, no, I'm right with you on that. So salary cap needs to do away. You Ryan. Yep. I you're the spokesman. You're the spokesman. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been saying it for years. I've I've been I've been saying it for years anytime I get the chance to. For me and also the pro rail, I'm not going to be hounding on that because first you got to get rid of the salary cap. Second of all, even if they get rid of the salary cap, pro rail will never happen. I'll be like 75 and damn near dead by the time they get pro rail if it ever happens. Like, oh yeah, we got it. Oh, I'm on my deathbed. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it'll never happen but until I'm like freaking elderly. I guarantee you that. It's going to take a long time for pro rail to even be sort of accepted by the MLS owners. And it'll probably be a new generation of owners or like the kids who understand the sport more because Jonathan Kraft, speaking of Robert Kraft's son, Jonathan Kraft, I think he does understand the sport more. I think he's the reason the Reds started to invest a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes. I don't think it was Robert. I think it was Jonathan. It was definitely the son. (laughs) Most definitely. I, I think it was. I think it was. That's, that's how they got Bruce arena. That's how they got a better training facility. That's how they started investing. So on and so forth. So I think it has to be a new generation of, of owners uh-huh. and the okay. sons of the owners if they keep it or if they sell it to somebody who actually knows the who sport and loves the and sport. Knows. Yes, 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 yes. So we need just a new just evolution in the game, you know? Exactly. So it, it, it's going to take a while, both of them. I'd say this. I'd say the salary cap goes away within 10 years. I'm a little bit more bullish on that. I'd say by 2030, 2031, the salary cap will be gone we'll after the we'll world, after the 2026, after the 2026 World Cup. There's definitely going to be a push for that. I think we'll have a lot of MLS teams by then. For uh, Char- uh, Charlotte's coming in, St. Louis is coming in, Sacramento, yep. Las coming Vegas, in. probably. Las Vegas. No, Sacramento got scrapped. It's probably going to be Vegas. Scrapped? Oh no! Oh no! Sacramento got scrapped because the owner didn't. He wasn't really feeling I think the it idea? was like funding, a problem with funding. Oh, no. So what, Las Vegas is probably gonna... taking that spot. You know what? I wouldn't mind. The Las Vegas lights, those jerseys, amazing. Yeah, if they bring up the Las Vegas lights, or at least that logo situation in the jerseys, and they have them playing in Allegiant Stadium, I'm good with that. Like, I've heard Allegiant Stadium actually has a casino in the, in the stadium. And who wouldn't want to go to that? Gamble and then watch the uh, game? I'd, I'd, be, like, I'd be at the blackjack tables until kickoff. Yeah, just watching the game. Getting a little drink on. Play blackjack. Play a little crabs. You know? Like so oh, Texas Hold'em? Exactly. Oh, oh, it's kickoff time? All right, let me walk to, let me walk to my seat. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be seat. like, yeah, I'll come here like an hour early, play some blackjack, and then go to my seat and hopefully I don't get washed out. Yeah, no, wash out for the game. Cause I got everyone for the hot dogs, man. Yeah. I need, I need my nachos. I need my Coke and my nachos. Coke and nachos huh? Speaking of that, do you, you're a Coke guy or Pepsi? Coca-Cola. Oh my God. You're one of those people. I mean, my Nana got me hooked on it when I was like three. She drank it all the time. Oh, there you go. Then. It was, it was all her. It was all her. God dang you, Nana. Hey, hey, don't do that. She she meant a lot to me. She meant a lot to me. She's a, she's uh, man, I miss woman. her. She's an amazing woman. 
she was she was an amazing woman speaking, one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet speaking of of next year's scheduling you know expansion teams uh nashville's home opener next year is against philadelphia isn't that yeah that's that's gonna be crazy and now they're still now they're in the west come on and they're like no we'll stick philadelphia there though and we'll let toronto go down to nashville in august i'm like okay i'll take that especially the august in nashville i'm like yeah i'm that's i think that's the one i'm going to go to i'm going back to nashville for that new stadium (laughs) when uh, they play toronto i I felt so bad for the nashville you know community and the team and especially the striker and they just did so good with that organization when they lost in the playoffs. I, my heart just dropped. Yeah. Boys. Like that penalty shootout was the worst way to end a season. Like not making any penalties. Oof. Like, yeah, that's not a good way to end it. I did not expect that. And it was a very, uh, I'd say a very sad way to end a season. I would never want to see my team end a season like that. Like losing on penalties is bad enough. Not making any Oh, that would hurt. Really bad. Oh, my gosh. Like I said, my heart. Like, when I saw that game. My, and I have a soft spot for Nashville anyway. Yeah, I have every, a soft spot for Nashville does. anyway. Everybody does. Every, literally everybody. Everybody in Nashville. Because I'm a country boy. Like, I was born in born hear, in the South. I was born in Mississippi. I should have a soft spot for Nashville. So I hear the accent. I'm not going to lie. I heard the accent. I was going to ask you. Yeah. You and it's you. also like, I also have a soft spot for the Braves. So that was a pretty good the World Braves. Series run. Oh my! That was gosh. the closest thing to Mississippi. I mean, you know, the TBS era. I was born when the TBS era was still a thing, and they were making all these playoff runs. John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones. You huh. can't blame me. I can't. I can't. I can't. You know, you. Even though I'm a Blue Jays fan first, and then, well, I mean, the Cardinals are there, but then Marcus Stroman went to the Cubs, so that's going to be a little bit of a. I mean, I've always had a soft spot for that's the gonna Cubs be little, anyway. That's going to be a little that, dent. That's gonna be a little, a little dent. It, it is what it is. It is what it is. But no, we'll make it work. I always had a soft spot for the Cubs anyway, so that that was good for me. But so you think, okay, the best team. So you're saying, so the best team won for the MLS? Is that just telling? Is that telling? Yes, yes. Not not the supporter shield winner, but. Out of the final and the playoff teams, I think New York was the best team overall in the playoffs. The way they played, the way they worked their uh, path. I think Portland had an easier path, even though they dominated teams. I think they had an easier path. I think New York was the best team in the playoffs. Now, do you think they can do it again next year? If they keep Tati Castellanos, yes. If they don't... I don't know. Who's, 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 I don't who's, know. Who's, who's, the, who's the power rankings? Who's the big teams? Who, who, what's, what's on your mind for next year? I think Toronto finishes top four in the East next year. Uh, are you saying that because do. you're a Toronto fan? Are you saying that? No, they're getting they're getting Lorenzo and Senya. They're going to rebuild on the fly. It's going to be a. I trust Bob Bradley. They're going to. They still have talent anyway. I think the way that the season ran for them and Armis being there and they were all just pretty much drained by the time they got back to Toronto made us look bad, but there was always, there was still talent there. And there were moments where you could still see up oh, Pozuelo's still good. Oh, Osorio's still good. It's not like they were all completely trash, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no. I, I think the way they do the rebuild, it's going to be a very quick rebuild. They're going to find the way. It may be a little bit of a second half run to like fourth place, but I definitely think they finished fourth in the East. And if they do, the last time they finished fourth in the East, they made MLS Cup. So if they're that hot, who's to say they can't do it again? Now, mm-hmm. I think they're there. And I'm not saying that because I'm biased. I mean, it helps a little bit, but I think I trust them. I trust them. I trust them to do the right thing and have at least a run to get to fourth place. And if you're that hot, Look at New York. Anything can happen. Same thing happened with them. So, yeah, they just got hot. <laughs> yeah. And New England, I think they're going to fall off a little bit. I think New England finishes second in the East. I think Philly finishes first in the East. I have, okay. I have a feeling okay, that me, Philly's going to rally okay, okay. around. Give me, give me a top four for the East and a top four for the West. Go ahead. Let's do East first. Do East. Philly, New England. Wait, 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 what's the numbers? What's the number? Is that is this in order from one to four? In order, one to four. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Philly, yes. New England, New York, Toronto in the East. Okay, okay. For the West, I have Portland first. I have SKC second, Seattle third, Nashville fourth. Nashville fourth in the West. Yeah, not bumped up to second. Thing is, the West is a harder conference. It's always been a hard conference for for all in every sport. It's been the harder conference basketball. So I think that'll everything. knock Nashville down a little bit. And besides, I think it's harder for them to play the way they play in the East over in the West. Okay. They're going to still be a good team, and they're still going to win good amount of games, and they're yeah. still going to draw a good amount of games. Right. But I don't think they're going to be second, third place like hold second for almost the whole year and then fall down to third in the West. It's going to be, they're going to have to sneak into fourth. And I think they do. I trust them enough to do that, but they're definitely, and it's not going to be a hot sneak into fourth. They're going to do enough just to get there. So I think they make fourth place. I don't think Vancouver, Vancouver will make the playoffs. I think the galaxy makes the playoffs and I think LAFC bounce back. Yeah, because they but have, they're not they, top they, four. Their playoff run was what? What was that? I, I like I like Vancouver. They're playing well under Sartini. I think they're starting to learn how they need to play and what situation their team is built on. So they've done something good there, I have to say. But they're definitely not top four material. But they'll definitely make the playoffs if they keep playing the way they have. So, well, you heard it here first, Ryan Anderson, ladies and gentlemen. Anything else you want to say? I think this has been a good episode. Um, I think we've hit everything that we were supposed to hit and even a little bit more. So, Oh yeah, most definitely. I think we've, I think we've done a good job. I think we've done a good job. Yeah, no. Amazing, amazing, amazing Intel on what the side couch should be and all the rest of the things that we were talking about. Exactly. I got my phone right here, but you know, But, uh, hey, I mean, it's better to hear it explained than just look it up on Google. I mean, it's really hard to figure it exactly, out that way. Exactly, exactly. It's way easier when you have a a person that's knowledgeable in the great Ryan Anderson. You know what I mean? It was, a, it was an honor to be on here. It's an honor. This is the Breakfast for Dinner podcast. I'm your host, EJ Smith, and I got my guest, Ryan Anderson. Peace. Peace.